You're listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 14, Heeding the Warning Signs. This week on iOS Dev Break, uh, we're going to be chatting about heeding various signs that we see uh, with as far as uh, iOS devices, uh, iPhones, iPads, those kinds of things, specifically about the iPhone 10. Um, mostly when we get those these uh, messages that are telegraphed to us from Apple ahead of time, and do we do we heed those those warnings that we get? And do we dive in and we start preparing when it's uh, practical to do so? So we'll talk a little bit about that this week. Uh, to give you a little bit of background for this particular episode, uh, some of you may know that I live in uh, the Sonoma County area of California, and this is where we were recently hit with some massive wildfires, and uh, many thousands of uh, homes were destroyed. Uh, many people had to, they only had minutes, or in some cases, seconds to get out of their houses. Uh, so I didn't really want to drag the episode down into a depressing tone, but the um, one of the things that I noticed while all of this was happening, um, it, it I saw that it kind of had a, a correlation with what we do in our iOS development. Um, for instance, I, I personally have uh, family members who, who lost their homes uh, just north of us, and uh, one of the things that I had heard when hearing reports of people, uh, whether they were leaving or deciding not to leave, um, was it was very uh, interesting because uh, in some cases, people decided to leave when it was practical. They left when it was just a voluntary uh, evacuation and it hadn't got to the point where it was mandatory. Uh, but then others decided to wait and wait and uh, eventually... It got to the point where it was mandatory for for them to leave. They got the evacuation signal, and then by the time they tried to get out, there were traffic jams, and they were basically stuck uh, in the locations that they were at. So, um, so that kind of made me think about the the kinds of things that we the warnings that we receive when we are developing our iOS apps. Uh, we get a lot of information from WWDC and at other times during the year when the new products are released. And uh, it's one of those things where do we do we look at those warning signs? Do we see those things that are being uh, telegraphed to us? And do we act on them? So uh, like I said, I didn't want this to be like a, a depressing episode or anything, but I thought it was a good idea to chat about it a little bit. For instance, the the biggest change that we've seen is that the iPhone 10 is here. Uh, people have them in their hands. They're using them. I personally don't have mine yet, but I hope to get mine in the next few weeks. Um, but what's interesting is that now that we have this information on iPhone 10, or we have our iPhone 10s, we may be able to run it in the simulator, run iOS 11 in the simulator with the iPhone 10 and look and feel. And so uh, we have these these tools at our disposal. But what's interesting is that if we go back to WWDC, we you may recall that there were things such as safe area layout guides, safe area insets, 
uh, all of these kinds of things that were told to us that hinted at the possibility of there being a new form factor. Most most people kind of knew that there was something coming. Um, so for for us, uh, it, it's good for us to to be mindful of those things when they are announced at WWDC. In this case, we had several months worth of time, not necessarily to prepare too much because the real details didn't come out uh, until the, either shortly before the device was released or actually after the device was released when when Apple uh, created those uh, the videos that they have, the sort of post-WWDC, but with the same format as WWDC videos up on their site to help us to develop for our iPhone X. So uh, we have those. We have some of these this information ahead of time, and this was done also. If we recall, if you've been doing iOS development for a while, you may remember that when the six plus came out, there was a lot of information regarding auto layout. We were encouraged to uh, to move to auto layout if at all possible, um, and be able to learn how to create adaptive layouts. Um, and it became more urgent, even though those things, some of those existed before that, they, it became more urgent. Those warning signs were there so that if you took advantage of it, then you would be able to ease right into the development of apps that were accommodating the six plus form factor correctly. Now, none of this is as tragic or important to uh, heed the warnings as when a fire is happening around you and you have to get out of your house. However, uh, it is valuable to us to heed those warning signs that were given when Apple gives them to us. So how do we do that? How do we pay attention to those warning signs when we are being given them? Well, one way you can do this is during WWDC next year, when you are listening to the talks and watching the videos, perhaps the state of the, uh, the union or the... Uh, the keynotes, or perhaps the talks that deal about Cocoa Touch. A lot of times there is little hints in there that show you what is going to be coming in the next devices. So look for those hints. Uh, typically, it's things that don't make sense in today's devices, or it might feel like overkill and doesn't really apply. So when you see and hear about a feature in whatever the next version of iOS is that feels significantly different, then that little voice should go off in the back of your head, that little alarm that's giving you that warning signal that something is coming and that you should pay attention to this particular feature. Uh, sometimes that alarm sound doesn't go off, but it's not really the end of the world. Um, you will have another opportunity usually later on when the device gets released or perhaps when you're watching the video again, you pick up on those little hints. The important thing then is to do something about it. Once you realize that something new is coming, then you need to decide what it is that you are going to to do to uh, to bring your apps into alignment with the direction that that uh, Apple is going in for the next version of iOS. Some good examples of this are with the navigation controllers that we saw in iOS 11 with the uh, the very the thick navigation. Uh, top part of the interface and uh, of course the the things that we have seen that deal with the notch what I mentioned earlier 
the uh, the safe areas, so the safe area layout guides, safe area insets, those kinds of things. Uh, those are things that when you hear about those those uh, features uh, and those changes to the API, then you can see that uh, there might be some changes that you need to do and uh, at least start getting comfortable with using those, perhaps reading the documentation about it, playing around with those features and see uh, how it can impact your interface of your your apps. The advantage of doing this is that you get a little bit of a head start. You may not have the device in your hands, but at least you have the API and the documentation. And uh, usually you'll have some development tools such as Xcode and uh, perhaps the new simulator that simulates the, in this case, the iPhone 10 interface. Uh, so that at least gets you to a point where you can begin to uh, develop those new features that you need to. The point of this is, will you heed the warning signs, the warning signs that Apple is giving you at WWDC, at the, uh, the, the device launch event? Uh, so that, that's the real question. Are we going to pay attention to those? Of course, having said that, uh, I have to admit that this is a challenge for me. I have a few apps in the App Store that I still need to go back and update for iPhone 10 and uh, do some tweaks for iOS 11. So the, there are things that I personally still need to do. And that's why I kind of thought this would be appropriate to bring it up now. It's, it's definitely something that's on my mind. It might be on yours too. But one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to have our apps out there um, for too long. I mean, it's great if you can get it on day one uh, when everyone has their their iPhone 10s. But uh, I know for me, people already have their iPhone 10s. So, and if if they use my apps on the iPhone 10, it'll probably come up in that letterbox mode, which looks terrible. So, this is something that I want to take care of very quickly here. I will probably need to do the best that I can in the simulator, and when I get my device when it eventually comes, probably sometime in December, then I will be able to actually test it on device. But for right now, simulator is the best that I can do. And that's, um, I'll just have to uh, live with that. And so I, I think it's better than doing nothing. So, uh, and then once I get the device in hand, then I'll be able to make further tweaks. But I think the best thing right now is to, to make those changes so that, uh, and to not hesitate too long so that those those changes can get pushed up as soon as possible. Hopefully, you've already updated your apps for iOS 11 and iPhone 10, and your apps are already up in the store. And uh, so that is a, that's great. Um, the other purpose of this particular uh, episode was basically to get us to think uh, and to me, get me to think personally about next time uh, in when WWDC comes around, really think about what is it are they telling us about the new devices about the new operating system things to be aware of uh, so that i that i don't have this problem in the future so um i hope that's i hope this is helpful to you and uh, please give me feedback on twitter if you feel like it was helpful or if you have other ideas or suggestions on the matter and uh, other than that, I think that is it for this particular episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, once again, on uh, if you want to send a message to uh, to me on Twitter, you can use the uh, the Twitter username iOS Dev Break to uh, send me a message, give me some feedback. I'd appreciate it. 
the other thing that you can do if you would like, I would be very appreciative if you could help us out by uh, tweeting about the show and letting other people know. Maybe you can let one or two people know about the show that you like it and help to get the word out there a little more. I will continue to be producing the the shows on a little more uh, frequent basis than I have recently. There's been a lot going on uh, in addition to the, the, the fires that have been occurring here too. So um, when I get to a point where I can be doing these consistently, I like to keep doing them. So that's my goal for the next few months here going into the new year to keep it a consistent show uh, to uh, to provide value to everyone. Um, and so I hope you enjoy this show. Uh, there is, uh, I, I'm not going to do a sponsor read this time. Uh, I'm trying out a new experiment here. Um, but basically, if you would like to, uh, the way that you can help me out is by, uh, as I mentioned already, going to Twitter. But also, you could go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash iOS dev break and uh, help us out there. If you'd like to make a pledge there, then that's that's awesome. We'd appreciate that. Support us that way. Um, if you go to iosdevbreak.com and look at the show notes there, you'll see that there are a couple ways that you can help support the show. And any way you'd like to help out will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. And I think that wraps up this show. And until next time, I will catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. <laughs>